Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, a European Liberal Forum project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. Today I'll be speaking with Daniel Kadek. Daniel is Executive Director for the European Liberal Forum, ELF from now on for simplicity. We talk about ELF, its structure, its partners, its mission, projects and plans for the future. And after our conversation, I will present so many events on the schedule for this month with ELF. So I'm here with Daniel Kadek. Daniel, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting to be here at the first podcast. Well, before we talk about the European Liberal Forum, what it is, what it does, let's talk a little bit about you. I want our listeners to get to know you a little better. Can you tell us what was the path that you took until you became the executive director for ELF? Okay. How long time do you have for that? Um, we have all the time in the world. Okay. I'm very glad to hear that. So actually, I have to roll back a couple of years, and that was when I was still in high school, and I was very unhappy um, with the left and right-wing narrative that was going on. I was looking to both sides, and I would not find the answers to the question that I had. And I thought, there must be, there must be a different way to answer that. And I got to know what kind of answers I would find myself most convincing when I started going to university and being um, confronted with liberal philosophy, with phil political philosophy as such. And yeah, starting with the classics, then going further and further until I would uh, reach the modern liberal thinkers, anything from Hayek over, over Mises and, and Friedman and, and similar. So um, I got more and more involved, more and more interested in that. I got very nerdy at university. And then I started becoming a member of the Free Democrats in, in Germany. I started becoming um, a board member of the local Young Liberals. I started a, a liberal university group. Um, and I ended up being entangled with the Friedrich Naumann Foundation in Germany, which was kind enough to give me a scholarship for the university. And then I got really sucked into the liberal world. And after my studies, um, I started working for the Naumann Foundation in 2009, after graduating with my second master's in the UK. Um, and I became, well, their trainee for international work. And they sent me to India to experience the work of the foundation there for the, the struggle for freedom there. They sent me to, to Russia to do something similar, mainly working in Central Asia. Then um, I got back to Germany for a short while and I became after that the uh, project director of the Naumann Foundation for Southeast Europe for Bulgaria, Romania, Macedonia, and Moldova, which I did for almost seven years. And at that time, I was very much connected with ELF already. I had a lot of ELF projects. I was very much entangled with ALDE party here in, in Brussels. And so it seemed like a logic step when opportunity arose that I took it on. And then I became the new well, executive director of the European Liberal Forum. I was very interested what you mentioned about high school. So you are uh, very premature on that. You, in high school, you're already looking at different political perspectives and not feeling at home in 
any one of those. Uh, can you expand that a little bit more to young, you know, young people that are listening to us and they're going through the same process? You mentioned, you know, reading the literature. But apart from that, maybe other uh, solutions that you can think about? Yeah. No, I, I was just at the um, LibertyCon, the event of the Students for Liberty here in Europe, and I found in so many discussions, so many young people had the same struggle that I had. For instance, um, not being happy with the left-leaning narrative they have in their university or high school or the environment that they're in. Um, this, this statist thinking um, and, and this yeah, socialist thinking that, that is implanted that the state is the savior. At the other side, if you go look to the right side, this complete ne negligence of personal freedom that um, on the right one, you very often have a high degree of economic freedom, but then when it comes to personal freedom, that, that is a topic that is barely discussed or accepted. Talk to a more right-wing person about LGBTI rights, for instance, mm -hmm. which you have a high, which I, I, I'm on the board also of an LGBTI organization. Um, and I find a lot of common ground on, on the left with that when it comes to personal freedom that I don't find on the right. On the right, mm -hmm. I find a lot of um, overlap when it comes to economic freedom, which I don't find on the left. So in the end of the yes. day, it comes to a very clear middle ground position on a lot of things. And that is something I found both when I was younger, also in LIMAC uh, with the young liberals. And that's also something I found now with LIMAC and Students for Liberty. Yes, that's a great point, what you just mentioned, and the fact that we can get the best thing from both worlds. All right, so um, let's talk about ELF, uh, the European Liberal Forum. Um, you know, people that are listening to us, they can easily go to our website, which is liberalforum.eu. And which I would clearly encourage. Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But before that, I want to expand a little bit on what is what is elf and i want you to give your perspective because like i was saying you know people can go and read uh what elf is and what it does but i wanted to know what is your point of view mm -hmm. especially being inside the organization so from a very technical standpoint the european liberal forum is the political foundation of the alde party um, and it has 40 members in not only EU member states, but that doesn't really cut it. As I said, it's very technical. But how mm -hmm. I see ELF, it's more a hub to finding pan-European answers to societal and economic questions. So as the name suggests, it should be a forum for dialogue and debate, but it should also be a broker for innovative ideas and inspire societal change and the way we should do that is by empowering citizens to take action for let's say a more free and optimistic and more democratic society and by society i mean all of europe as a european society and in all of that we have a clear guiding principle and that is the liberal idea that is belief and the personal freedom that is belief in, in that every individual is is worth it, that every individual um, needs to be looked at, and every individual needs opportunity in life. So basically, it comes down to that we want a more 
liberal future in a united Europe, and that is what we're fighting for. And this is a great fight uh, indeed, and you presented it very well. I totally agree with a couple of points that you just mentioned. And I think later on we'll have to uh, untangle those a little bit to the benefit mm -hmm. of our audience. But now I wanted to move to how we make that in practice, in practice. And that is, uh, what contribution do you think that ELF can give to this uh, so uh, lofty and great goals that ELF has, especially to make that change on the political process that you were just mentioning? Well, um, as I said, we work with 40 member organizations and we mostly work through them with citizens. So we try to, to be as direct in contact with them. At the same time, we try to have, well, a little bit of a future focus in the wor work that we do. So we do a lot of trainings for our members. Um, we do a lot of trainings for citizens to be empowered um, mm -hmm. to work uh, for, for the goals that I discussed. But we are also uh, an organization that talks about the, the issues in societies. Mm -hmm. We are mostly talking, uh, a lot talking about economic issues. For instance, how is artificial intelligence changing um, the way we work in societies? What is the future of work and what are the conditions that need to change? How do we as a society need to adapt in order to accommodate the, this change, to make the best out of it, to not being afraid of change, but rather embrace it and learn to, learn to live with it? Also the question, how do we need to educate our children in the future um, so we can work in that environment. Also, the questions that we work on, for instance, how do we want to live together in the European Union? What mm -hmm. should the European Union be? And make those topics more accessible. Just to give you an example, we had two weeks ago um, a roundtable on the future of the European Union after Brexit. What can we learn from Brexit for living together in the European Union? So... These are those future-oriented topics that we want to discuss, just as climate change and active citizens and migrations are topics that we're discussing with experts and citizens where we try to find pan-European solutions. Let's um, linger here for a minute because you were saying that ELF does training, also events, conferences, debates, talking about the issues. Can you give our listeners a little bit a range of kind of you know, contact that as citizens they can have with ELF centrally and with those member organizations? Well, as, as you mentioned previously, we have a fantastic new website where they can find out which member organization is in which country. Um, but for instance, we are discussing at the moment with our friends um, in Istanbul from the Naaman Foundation and the Freedom Foundation, uh, a big project on the roots of populism in in Europe. And that is a pan-European project where, where we're discussing that, not only from a Turkish or a German, but also indeed a pan-European perspective. Um, we have a lot of roundtables that we are organizing. Um, we are currently again organizing uh, an event on migration in upcoming in Sweden with our partners from Forest and 
we're talking about climate refugees. So there is indeed a, a long list of events and a long calendar that we have as the European Liberal Forum. Um, we have, when it comes to trainings, um, we have the European Women's Academy uh, mm -hmm. that is currently being organized uh, in May in Bulgaria. So, again, we have a com full array of topics that mm -hmm. we are working on. Indeed. And again, at the end of the podcast, I will be mentioning some of them that will going to happen uh, soon. But like Daniel is saying, this is ongoing and the calendar, it's very extensive during an entire year. Um, you were talking about, you know, making partnerships and, and developing projects and sometimes in places that uh, need the help for freedom, need the help for more liberal values. What do you think are some of the directions the foundation is starting on, meaning uh, the European Liberal Foundation? Um, and at the same time, you know, using all the work, all, all the goodwill, all the, the momentum that uh, ELF has uh, now coming from all the past work. Well, the, the, the good thing is that I didn't need to start from scratch. Here is a great team in, in Brussels. There is a great team that are in the member organizations. But indeed, the question for us now was, and that is also why we had a very long retreat with the team and the board of directors, where do we want to go? Mm -hmm. um, and especially as liberals are in a decisive position now, and will be in a decisive position, especially after the European elections uh, on, on the European level, where is our place as the foundation of the Alde Party? And indeed, we decided that we want to be stronger as a hub for this idea. We want to be a broker for ideas. That means that we not only want to bring people together to discuss, but we also want to sell the ideas that our members have strongly here in Brussels and the member states. We bring want to bring our members closer together because, yes, liberals are becoming stronger, yet we are not the biggest movement in Europe yet. So that, that's why um, we shouldn't focus on competition, but rather on col collaborative competition. It means that we look at what our colleagues are doing, taking parts of that, and develop it together further. And that's also why we decided in ELF to go a little bit away from the structure of work that we have had. We will be more active as a secretariat in the future. We will be doing more. We will give our members a bigger forum to present what they are doing. We will be stronger in um, giving them opportunity to discuss their work, to promote their work, and to enhance their work with trainings, but also with exchange fora. And we are changing a little bit the scope that we're working in. So far, we have four competence centers, which is the future of the European economy. It is rule of law. It is the future of the European Union and its capacity building. We thought, is that really something that re reflects the work that we want to do in the future? And we said, no, not really. So we are going more in... Uh, two directions. One is ideas for Europe, and the other one is what we call ELF Academy. In this ideas for Europe, we have three main areas, which is progress, it is 
values and its growth. And in the ELF Academy, we're talking mostly about training, so skills, but also best practices, which means exchange. And with this, we want to give our members a stronger platform to promote their ideas, being a stronger hub and a stronger network for the development of ideas. Well, the challenge is made to our listeners then. Get involved, be a part of this. this. And uh, Daniel, stepping aside a little bit from our topic, because you said something that, that I thought was really interesting, and it, it's it'll be good to stay here for a minute, and that is that you were just mentioning that Sometimes there's a little bit of the idea that liberals are in disarray and that there's that competition that is not a healthy one and that we are under attack and we, no, we don't know how to get out of that. What is your opinion of that? Do you, what is the way to fight that perception? Well, the, the first way to fight that perception is looking at the reality. Um, in Europe, there are eight liberal prime ministers, a, a number that is very often strongly overlooked. We now have a new liberal president in, in our family. And the liberals, except for the populists, of course, um, is, are the only political family which ha will have more MEPs after the next election than before. Liberals are the only ones who have, except for the populists, who have an upward trend. And it's an upward trend that is not built on hate, an upward trend that is not built on making others smaller. No, it's an upward trend guided by the belief that we can make Europe better together, that we can make it stronger, but that we also need a clear idea where we want to go with Europe. And that is also where the European Liberal Forum comes in. We are the ones who need to feed the debate on where we want to go with Europe. Because I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that has been done in the past, that we were not able to clearly communicate what do we want, to, what do we want Europe to be in the future and what are the steps necessary to take, but also what are the areas that we don't need to touch as a European Union. Absolutely. Better communication. I totally agree with that. And there's something that ELF surely has a great role to play. Let's linger here a little bit because you were just mentioning the populists and how dangerous they are with their anti-liberal image, um, imagery and, and messages and also anti-European uh, Union. What do you think you can learn in this moment in time? And you're just mentioning the European elections and how the liberal, the liberal uh, family can you know, get stronger after that. This fight that we're having right now, this moment in time, it's not, you know, it's not original. We've been having you know, cycles like this for some time now. But at this time, at this time and moment, what do you think we can learn and help improve the liberal movement, movement and including you know, liberal foundations like ELF and all the member associations? Well, the, f the first thing is not buying into the narrative of the other side. Not buying into the narrative that the time of the liberal democracy is over and the illiberal democracy will prevail. That is not only dangerous, that's also wrong. 
Why is that wrong? Because we see all the indicators clearly pointing that the more free a society is, the better it fares, both in terms of happiness of the population and in terms of economic progress. The second thing I would like to mention here is not buying into the general narrative that things are getting worse. They are not. If you look at all the indices worldwide, life has never been better than today when it comes to conflicts, life expectancy, literacy, um, you name it. That's a great point. We, we live in the best time ever. We have a living standard, even on an average level, that was unimaginable a hundred years ago. I was yesterday talking to my grandmother who turned 86 on WhatsApp. Um, something, I mean, just, just imagine that, that you have a device in your hand where you see your loved one who is a thousand kilometers away from you and you can still talk face to face. People from all over the world can listen to what we're saying right now. Um, and I think that that is something absolutely beautiful. And that is something that we need to focus on stronger, on the positive developments that we've seen in the last years and that things will be getting better, but they will change. And that is the third thing I want to mention, and that is change. And change is something that makes people afraid because it's not like, as I said, 100 years ago where you could rely on your your... You are having a job and your father had a job and your daughter will have the job after you. That's not how the world works anymore. We have a completely new sense of speed in society that is both in terms of the change of economy and in terms of, of, of speed of information that is going on. And that is something where we as liberals have to be better at communicating because what the populists are doing, they say, don't worry about it. I will take care of you. Um, I will turn back the clock. This is not happening, but it rather creates resentment because you, in order to have this, you need a clear enemy. You need a target image. And we should not fall into that narrative. We should tell people it is getting better, but we need to explain how it is getting better and what we need to do in order to sustain this getting better. There is a very interesting article, and now the nerd in me is coming out when it comes to liberalism. Oh, please do. <laughs> um, in 1997, Lord Ralf Dahrendorf, the great liberal policymaker, politician, and, and thinker, um, wrote a, a piece on the globalization and the social consequences. And there he's talking about how globalization offers the opportunity for millions for a better lives, but it also will create a lot of fear and will create a retreat of people in ever more close communities. And that is what we see. People retreat in religion, local groups, political groups, and so on and so forth, because that means security. And what we need to be as liberal, do as liberals, we need to fight, we need to strive, we need to argue, to get into contact with those people and explain. And here is where we can learn something from the populist, and that is language. Liberals are good at, very good at one thing, expressing things as complicated as possible. Um, <laughs> because liberals always think that they have to factor in all, all pieces of the puzzle, all pieces of the truth. Yes, of yes. course, we need to look at all the different aspects, but we need to also make it digestible. 
And that is what populists do very well. They're very good at explaining complicated matters in a simple fashion. And that is something we need to do as well. So going back to the original idea of populus, of the people, and being closer to the people with our explanations, not being in the ivory tower, but being close to the people if we want to convince them that we have the better answers to a changing world. So the cards are set. And we need to get to those people. And on the other hand, we need those people also to know us, to know how to reach us and what are the values that we defend. In that particular point, and getting back to the European Liberal Forum again, uh, there's this uh, great presence online. Uh, if you want to talk a little about that, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, you're on YouTube. So uh, is that a priority for ELF? And how will uh, the future shape up on uh, the presence of ELF on social networks? Well, indeed, social networks are an interesting and, I have to say, a very often overrated tool um, because nothing beats face-to-face -face contact. That's why we are mm -hmm. active um, in so many countries. That's why we have the member organizations that we have being into direct contact with people. Yes, we, need to, we want to inform people what we do. We want to engage with people online, of course, as good as we can. But um, social media is very often a one-way street. Um, that's why we are changing also the way we work a little bit. Yes, we are using Instagram, we are using Facebook, we are using Twitter. Um, but we want to make our formats that we have as ELF more accessible. That means that we will have a stronger focus on more interactive formats where we can actually get into contact with people. We want people to fight, not physically, but we want them to sharpen their blades when it comes to an exchange of arguments, that they have the visor open when they're engaging with the opposite side, discussing topics not seeing the other as the enemy, but as a communication partner that needs to be, well, persuaded with a better, with a convincing power of the better argument. And we want to change, we want to create fora where this can be done, having more debates of people who actually have an opposite opinion. We mm -hmm. want to set, we want to have um, stories that we, that we, uh, that we, will be selling in the future stronger success stories. But yes. um, that also includes bringing people into this discussion. That's why we have now for all the events that we do, all the public events, all the roundtables that we do, um, um, open technologies like um, Slido, Mentimeter or others where people can be directly involved in the discussion. That's why we have usually a live stream from our events and so you can, even if you're at home and following the event by a live stream, ask a question. We want to encourage question, and we want to also encourage questioning the people who are discussing. Because at the end of the day, these are also human beings um, with a limited amount of knowledge. And again, there the nerd comes out of, in me, and I have to mention Hayek and the pretense of knowledge that a lot of people think they know everything. No, nobody can know everything. We all know pieces of the puzzle. And only when we discuss, 
we can complete the puzzle. Great points. Well, I want to thank right away the nerd in you. He, he came out a couple of times and <laughs> he, yes. he surely added value to our conversation. As we're getting to the end of our uh, talk today, Daniel, is there any other message that you would like to give to our listeners? Absolutely. And that is three things. Number one, check out our social media presence, of course, and our, our website, where there are not only our publications, but also the upcoming events that you can participate in. Then the second thing that you also can find there, get involved with our member organization that are in the respective country. And the third thing is just get involved and be active. There are so many great organizations, not only in our network. I was mentioning the Students for Liberty um, that I had the pleasure of joining now for their um, Liberty Con in Belgrade, which was an amazing and fantastic event. And I think if we can go together and discuss topics and try to find solutions together actively and not only leave the discussions up to people here in Brussels, in Berlin, in, in uh, The Hague or, or other places, but really take the topic up as a civil society, I think we can actually shape Europe and we can actually also give an opinion on how Europe should look in the future. Daniel, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. There's still a lot to talk about and I will ask you to come back soon so that we can con continue this conversation. With pleasure, anytime. Well, thank you, Daniel, to be continued. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm back because I want to tell you about some of the events that ELF is organizing during this month of May. For example, on the 11th of May in Tallinn in Estonia, it's going to be an event about AI policy or AI policing. That is because our digital society is changing very fast and someday maybe robots and artificial intelligence can take some of our jobs and the question is are people and countries ready for that it's going to take place on the 11th of may at the kulturi Catel. i hope i said that right in tallinn estonia and for you to know more about this you have to go to liberalforum.eu forward slash events again liberalforum.eu forward slash events Next podcast, I will be telling more events that are going to happen during this month of May. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. Just to remind you that you can visit us on our website, also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll be back soon. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe Podcast. It's organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-funded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any use that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.